This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Top of the 4 o'clock hour here in our nation's capital. It's Grant Danny here on 106.7 The Fan. We're always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey apps. The youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham, sitting in for Grant Danny here on this President's Day. And Speaking of the presidents, got to find the president of the quarterback club here in Washington, man. We got to get a long-term solution here at quarterback for the Burgundy and Gold. That is what this offseason will be centered around. That is the most important thing. For the next couple of months here for D.C. And as we've been saying all show long, I'm of the mindset, I'm of the belief that there isn't one singular way to address the quarterback position. As I said earlier, this is not a one-size-fits-all situation at quarterback. There's a bevy of different ways you can choose to find a long-term answer at quarterback. And some might make the argument that maybe... Maybe your long-term answer at quarterback isn't available to you this offseason. Because as I continue to say, and I'll say it till I'm blue in the face, you have to have an unwavering conviction. You must be Beyonce crazy in love to select a quarterback. There it is. To select a quarterback, number two overall, or number one overall. Period. If that's what the evaluation brings, then so be it. If Adam Peters and Cliff Kingsbury and Dan Quinn and company, when they put their football minds together, if they come out of this thing saying, you know what, there's one guy in this class that we like, go get him. Go get him. Whether it's Caleb Williams, whether it's Drake May, whether it's Jaden Daniels, you do whatever to go get your guy if, you have that unwavering belief that he is going to be the guy. Point blank, period. The one thing that I feel like maybe we're not taking into account enough is the track record of the general manager that we have here currently in place. He understands more than anyone that it is not a one-size-fits-all situation at quarterback here. You do not have to have a top five quarterback, have a first round quarterback for that matter, to build a sustained winning culture. It's not a prereq. It would help, right? What did Cliff Kingsbury say that he was looking for in a quarterback last week? Pat Mahomes. Can I blame him? That's one way to do it, right? Kansas City, Brett Veach and company had an unwavering belief that Patrick Mahomes would turn that franchise around, that Patrick Mahomes 
would be the guy to usher them into the future. But it's not the only way that you can build a Super Bowl-caliber contender, a Super Bowl-caliber roster. Adam Peters has constructed two Super Bowl champion teams or Super Bowl contending teams in San Francisco, both of which not quarterbacked by a first-round cat. So you can take a quarterback outside of the first round and have success. We saw Jimmy Garoppolo. We saw Brock Purdy. There's also another avenue that Washington could potentially go at the quarterback position. They could choose to go the veteran route. And I know Kirk Cousins seems like it's out there, but I'm willing to have a conversation about it. The one guy, though, that really interests me, the one guy that I'd be pounding on the table for, if they choose to go the veteran route at quarterback, I'd be making a call up to Chicago and Ryan Poles in Chicago and saying, what would it take to get my hands on Justin Fields? What would it take to get my hands on JF1? Luckily for us, our pal Dan Graziano of ESPN gave a little bit of insight as to what the potential compensation would be to acquire Justin Fields. Fair trade compensation then for Justin Fields. I think calling around, it seems like a second rounder is about the best they're going to do. I mean, if they can get multiple teams interested, you know, maybe you can yeah. get a little bit more. But I think if they can get a two for him, uh, that, that, then that would probably work or a package built uh, around that, depending on where in the second round uh, the pick would land. But I do think it's important to, to I mean, to, to Bart's point, like, I don't think the Bears are, would be dumping Justin Fields for the sake of dumping it. If they didn't have the one pick, right. I, I don't think we'd be having this conversation. Yeah, they, they can't do that two years in a row. Right. Pass on C.J. Stroud. We've seen what C.J. Stroud right. you know, is. But what I'm saying is, like, right. Fields, I don't think that the Bears think Fields is useless. Right. I, I think they feel like, you know, if they Reset have the, the one clock. pick and they can upgrade and restart the clock. Right. And, and they've already started to clear salary uh, space. What They cleared $21 million, so they're going big game hunting. And you only do big game hunting when you have a cheap quarterback. Well, there you have it, right? Out at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, we started to get a little bit of insight as to the potential trade compensation that would be necessary for Justin Fields. Albert Breer, the MMQB, wrote about it earlier today. Multiple teams were in conversations with Chicago's general manager, Ryan Poles, about what it would take to get Justin Fields. And I know what people are going to say, Justin Fields, have you watched? The Chicago Bears, since he's taken over, 10-28 and 28 as a starter. This past year, 16 touchdowns to just nine interceptions for his career. 40 touchdowns to 30 interceptions. It hadn't been good for Justin Fields in Chicago. He hadn't hit the ground running. Why? Because of the current infrastructure in place with the Bears. I don't think any young quarterback would be able to just come in and thrive with Chicago especially when you consider the, the deck of cards, that is the deck of circumstances that Justin Fields was handed. Three different offensive coordinators. Darnell Mooney, before this past year, running around as your number one wide receiver. How do you expect someone to thrive when they have nothing around them? The one thing I would say, and I'm trying to pull it up here now, the numbers that Justin Fields had last year when targeting Cole Komet and DJ Moore should give you a little bit of insight as to what he could possibly be if you surrounded him with the necessary weapons to have success. I continue to say it about Washington. Whether they choose to go fields, whether they choose to go quarterback in the first round, the current makeup with this coaching staff 
and with the roster and with the assets that you have to improve the team, this is the ideal landing spot, I'd say, for a young signal caller to come in here and hit the ground running. It is more than possible. Thousand percent possible. But the Justin Fields conversation is interesting because someone asked me a question the other day. They said, man, put yourself in the shoes of a Bears fan. If you were a fan of the Bears, how would you be acting about Justin Fields? I said, bro, I'd be acting the same way. It's about fit. I've been screaming it all offseason. Been screaming it since the top of the show. Quarterbacks having instant success in the National Football League, a lot of the times, is dependent upon fit. And when you look at the fit between Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears, when you have that type of turnover to the coaching staff, to the verbiage, to the offense, it's hard to create and build good habits. Because everything's constantly changing around you. Could you imagine Justin Fields with some continuity? Could you imagine Justin Fields in an offense tailored to his strengths? Everyone's drooling over Luke Getze. Luke Getze gets another offensive coordinator job. Why? If he couldn't get Justin Fields to work, Antonio Pierce, why in the hell do you think he can get your young quarterback to work out? So I'm not willing to listen to people completely poo-pooing on Justin Fields, acting as if he can't have a career renaissance. And I keep referencing Baker Mayfield. I keep referencing Geno Smith. Those were two quarterbacks that had immense talent coming out of college. Geno Smith lit the world on fire at WVU. Baker Mayfield was him at Oklahoma. Yet those two guys in their original draft spots, couldn't succeed. Why can't Justin Fields be a similar situation to those two? I tell you what, if waziest thing I've heard, it probably would be. I'll be honest with you. But I say all that to make the point of, look, there's not one way to do it. There's not one way to address quarterback. In Justin Fields, you can do a hell of a lot worse than that. You can do a hell of a lot worse than trading I don't know, pick number 36 for Justin Fields. Look at what you have in place. Cliff Kingsbury, Anthony Lynn, Brian Johnson. If those three dudes putting their brain power together on offense can't get Justin Fields to work out, then maybe he'll never work out. But I think it's worth taking a flyer on if you believe in the ability. Now, that ultimately becomes a big question because when you look at the track record, right, of Adam Peters, he had the opportunity back in 21 to go up and get Justin Fields. But they decided to go get Trey Lance. I bring that up to say this. Does that decision haunt Adam Peters? Will Adam Peters be against going up and trading for a young signal caller? Will he be against taking a first-round quarterback, period, based on the way it went the last time he chose to go that route? It's all got to be on the table here. It's all a possibility. Let's go to Kevin out in Virginia. What's going on, Kevin? Uh, not much. Thanks for taking my call. I totally agree with you on Justin Fields. And what I would do is I would trade back with the Falcons or the Raiders or the Broncos who are desperate for a quarterback and get more picks. You recoup your second-round pick. You could possibly get a first-round pick in 2025. And if Fields doesn't work out, you draft another quarterback. 
and then you take one of the tackles at number eight or number 12, or you take the guy from Alabama, Turner, as a defensive end. That's what I would do, unless you want to get Marvin Harrison. Now, ooh, you can't pass him up. For sure. If you can't pass him up at two, then take him. But otherwise, I would trade back and get more picks. Kevin, I appreciate the call as always. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. I'm trying to exhaust every quarterback option possible for the Washington Commanders. Because guess what? The talent evaluators over there in Washington are handsomely paid to go through every possible option that they can have at the quarterback position. We've talked about the idea of them trading up to one. We've talked about the idea of them staying put at two and taking a quarterback. What if they decide to go to the veteran mark? What if they decide to go the veteran route? What if they decide that, hmm, a second-round pick isn't too rich to acquire a quarterback with the physical tools that Justin Fields has? If that was the scenario and that was the case, how would you react to the Washington Commanders trading for Justin Fields? Would it be a scenario which you'll be like Metal Chris and you're punting on the team if they trade up for Caleb? This is what I keep bringing up. There's nothing that they could do, in my opinion, that would get me to turn my nose up at them. This is what we asked for. This is the organizational structure and setup that we all pleaded for. So there shouldn't be a move out there that's too stupid, in your opinion, for them to do. You think Garoppolo coming here would work? I mean, come on. Got to be realistic here, though. Jimmy Garoppolo's not a realistic option. That would piss everybody off, and I'd understand why. I mean, you draft a rookie and bring him in, too. Then you've got your veteran there with him, you know. But why bring in a veteran that's failed other places? That's why I'm, I'm not even willing to exhaust that conversation. That's not real. Justin Fields is real. It's a guy that was drafted in the first round three seasons ago. That's a guy that didn't have the proper supporting cast to ensure his success off the bat. That's different, right? I can see a scenario in which they construct an offense, talking about Cliff Kingsbury, Anthony Lynn, and Brian Johnson. He's got the tools. He just needs an offensive coordinator and an offensive coaching staff that has a vision for what he could ultimately end up being. 1-800-636-1067 is the number on the MGM National Harbor Listener Lines. You can tweet at me as well. It's at N-E-L-L underscore B-T-P. We're at the mercy of the evaluator when it comes to the decision that will be made here at quarterback. If Washington decides at the combine, you know what? A second-round pick isn't too rich to go get Justin Fields. What would be your reaction? 1-800-636-1067 is the number. Let's go out to DH in D.C. What's going on? Young Dale, what's going on, man? How you doing, bro? I'm good, man. How you doing? Hey, man, no complaints, man. You know, I always subscribe to you, bro. You, uh, you the youngest in charge, man, so I'm glad you're doing it, man. But I, I think as a Commanders fan, man, we all in the same boat, man. We've been used to uh, eating pork and beans and oodles and noodles and hooking <laughs> them up, and it's been, and it's been good, right? Like, yep. it's been good to us. But now we at a five-star restaurant, and the chef is like, hold on, y'all. I'm about to hook y'all up. Let me do what I need to do. Uh, we got so many options on the table, man. It's a prime ribeye in front of us, and now we're trying to figure out how we would cook it. Man, <laughs> no, nah, we not the chef, bro. We got to let the chef cook, bro. And and I think we're right now, we're in a rich position, man. There's so many options that they can go. Um, and, and I think we just so, gotten so used to being uh, mediocre and, and, and not being able to, to make some of these yeah. decisions. 
and not having the right people that can make these decisions. Now we just got to let them do what they do. And I'm at the point now, and now I'm, I'm a little older than you, man. I'm 38, so I've mm-hmm. seen a little bit of, of winning. And I'm at the point now where whoever they pick, I'm just going to show up on Sunday like I always did. I'm going to watch <laughs> and I'm going to enjoy it. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just going to hope for a better outcome. But I feel like now we got the right chefs in place that can cook us up something way better than we could with the oodles and noodles and pork and beans. You know what I mean? I feel what you're saying, DH. I appreciate you tapping in as always, my brother. I think he laid it out perfectly. I may steal that, DH. We got a prime rib in front of us, man. How do we want to cook? We had a ribeye steak in front of us. How do we want to cook? There's so many different avenues they could go down when it comes to this quarterback position. It's not a one-size-fit-all scenario. Anything is possible at this point. And when you look at the track record of Adam Peters, that's what really gets me willing to entertain some of the options that you all consider outlandish. When you look at Adam Peters' track record, He's done it pretty much every way you could do it, right? He went the veteran quarterback route with Jimmy Garoppolo. He went trading up for the high pick route, what they did with Trey Lance. And he's also done it with seventh-round Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy. So if anyone understands that this isn't a linear situation, it's Adam Peters. And I think you all need to understand that too, man. There's nothing you should be turning your nose up at at this point. Whether they decide Caleb is the guy and they want to give up the farm to go get him, fine. Whether they decide Drake May is him and they take him at two, fine. Whether it's Daniels, fine. At the end of the day, take up your glasses, people. We're at the mercy of the evaluator. Phone lines are packed. You can tweet at me as well. It's at N-E-L-L underscore B-T-P. We're trying to exhaust... All of the options that the Washington Commanders have this offseason at the quarterback position. We talked earlier about the idea of drafting one within the top two picks. Right now, I want to ask you this. Next week is the combine out in Indianapolis. That's when things get to shaking when it comes to the veteran market. We already found out at the Senior Bowl, Chicago looking for a pick somewhere within the range of that second or third round to acquire Justin Field services. If Washington decides, you know what, let's go get them, what would be your reaction? That's next here on The Fan. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. That nauseam earlier. It is possible to have a quick fix here in D.C. if you get the right quarterback. But it's a big-time risk you're going to have to run. And the one thing I continue to bring up that you guys should be should have in the back of your mind, look at the track record of Adam Peters. This is an ownership group. This is a front office that has done a pretty good job keeping their lips shut when it comes to leaking out information. So put on your journalist hat and try to piece together some of the information that we already are privy to. Look at the way San Francisco was constructed. Adam Peters has built two Super Bowl teams in San Francisco, both of which 
were quarterbacked by non-first-rounders. He's also seeing what it looks like to go, you know what, man? I love this guy. Let's go get him. And Trey Lance, how did that work out? So my thing is this, if you're Adam Peters, based on the track record, you'd have to think that he is going to do a thorough evaluation of every avenue that they could go down here. It'd be irresponsible of them not to go about it that way. We talked about earlier the scenario of taking a quarterback in the first round, specifically number two overall. Now I raise you the idea of going out and getting a veteran signal caller. Huh? Why would you want to do that? Well, there's one veteran in particular that I'd be willing to go out and trade a second or a third round pick for, and that's Justin Fields. To me, with the current coaching staff that you have in place, with the current weapons that you have on the perimeter, with all of the resources you'll have to spend this offseason, it'll be four picks in the top 100, but $80-plus million in cap space, including the number two overall pick. Could you imagine what Brian Johnson, Cliff Kingsbury, and Anthony Lynn, what type of offense they could construct centered around Justin Fields? You kidding me? And I'm even going to bring up OG Bobby Johnson in this case. Huh? Who's that? The offensive line coach that you all poo-pooed on last week because he came from the Giants. Because he came from the Giants, he can't be good. Shut up. Doesn't make sense. If you look at the track record of Bobby Johnson in New York, running offense was damn good, and the creativity that he showed designing the RPO and getting the quarterback to work to work on the move. That's the one thing that I love about Bobby Johnson. Look at his time in Buffalo with Josh Allen. Running quarterback. So they have the pieces in place to go out and build an offense around a guy like Justin Fields. If I'm Cliff Kingsbury, I'd be salivating at the opportunity to get Justin Fields. Because, look, I understand here in Washington it may be a, a long shot, but wherever Justin Fields goes, I think he'll finally be able to reach his potential and reach his ceiling. This is an MVP-level quarterback when you talk about the physical traits that he has. That's the type of potential he has. And I keep going back to Jalen Hurts, man. I keep going back to what Jalen Hurts did in Philadelphia with who? Brian Johnson, who's now on this Washington staff. So there's even a blueprint for how they could get it done. But as I said at the top of the show, the reason I'm trying to exhaust every option right now at quarterback for Washington, because no matter what they do, I'm going to be on board for it. Because I understand we're at the mercy of the evaluator. There's so many different avenues they could go down here. This is what they could do. Justin Fields is one of those options, baby. Could you imagine number two overall? With the second pick in the 2024 NFL Draft, the Washington Commanders select Marvin Harrison Jr., wide receiver, Ohio State. Dot, 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 dot. Let me tell you about Marvin. I can see Mel Kuyper now going Kanye crazy over the idea of Marvin Harrison coming here at two, being paired up with Justin Fields and Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson. Keep your options open, people. Understand that this is going to be a long, long process. And you're going to hear a lot of different rumors and a lot of different speculation about what they want to do. 
Just trust the process and understand we're at the mercy of the evaluator. How would you feel, Commanders fans, if Washington, next week at the NFL Combine, gave up pick number 36 to acquire Justin Fields? It's at N-E-L-L underscore B-T-P if you want to tweet at me. I know the phone lines are loaded. Let's go to Disco. Out Laurel. What's going on, Disco? What's up, Linnell? How you doing today, man? I'm good, man. How you doing? Good. You know what? Um, I, you know, I, you made a great point, and I've said this. There is more. We're in a good spot because there's more than a way to get to the destination that we want to get to. And I think that looking at how the 49ers built their team, and the reason why the 49ers were able to sustain what I consider a a epic an epic fail in trying to get Trey Lance mm-hmm. is that they had a strong team around him to around so and I think that's I think people don't understand that. I don't think people truly understand how great that situation is that you can trade away three first rounds <laughs> and a third on, and man. still remain and still remain in the mix for the NFC NFC championship in the Super Bowl. That rarely happens. But so I think we need to look at team building and the way they did it for the long haul. To answer the question, mm-hmm. I like this because it gives you a two for one. So if we get fields, I'm getting Marvin Harrison right. at two and you are an immediate, immediate better team. And you've only given up a two and you still have your other second. And you can still fill fill holes with free agency. So now I get it; they'll probably draft, you know, draft a quarterback, mm-hmm. um, one of the top three. But to me, if I can, and I don't think uh, nobody's talking about Marvin Harrison Jr. and how much better he can make that offense with Terry and Jahan. What are your thoughts? I totally agree with you, Disco, and I appreciate the call. I'll say this about this potential scenario: as we mentioned, you'd have to give up one of your two second rounders to acquire Justin Fields. But then you have your quarterback position solved. So to me, the most important thing after that becomes surrounding Justin Fields with the necessary talent to hit the ground running here in D.C. And while I love me some Marvin Harrison, Disco, and I know a lot of you all out there love Marvin too, he's a damn good wide receiver prospect. I think the top three receivers in this NFL draft I don't know if there's some massive gap between Marvin Harrison and Malik Neighbors. I don't know if there's some massive gap between Marvin Harrison and Roma Dunze from from Washington. I, I just don't know that, right? So for me, knowing why Justin failed in Chicago, lack of structure around him, inconsistencies, would you consider trading that number two pick in this scenario? And going back and addressing the tackle position? Because let me say this, and if you've been, if you listen to overtime regularly during the week on the fan, you know how I feel about this offensive tackle class. I think it's rich with starters all the way from round one down to round three. You can get a starter at tackle. I think the tackle class is so rich, if Washington chooses to, they can trade up and get whatever quarterback they want and end up drafting two starting tackles before all their picks expire. That's how good I think this tackle class is. I also feel the same way about this wide receiver class, which is why I would have a little bit of pause giving up or or drafting Marvin Harrison, rather, at pick number two. I just think the rest of the guys in the class, the gap isn't that sizable to me. Now, 
There are obviously draft pundits out there that watch more tape than I do, that know more than I do, that would probably gladly disagree. But if you just watch, I don't know, man. Marvin Harrison had injury issues this year. Marvin Harrison's drop rate is amongst the worst in this class when it comes to the first-round guys. Not trying to pick holes in this game. I know he's a dog. I know he's a stud. But I don't think the gap between him and receiver two and receiver three is that great. Now, if you're talking about passing on neighbors, Odunze and Marvin Harrison, you're tripping. There's a drop-off to me after those three guys. Phone line still packed. Continue to tweet at me too, man. It's at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. A bevy of different ways Washington can go up the quarterback position this offseason. With the NFL Combine coming up next week in Indianapolis, what if Adam Peters and company decide, you know what? Let's give up pick number 36 for Justin Fields. How would you react if that's how it went down? More of your calls next here on The Fan. 1-800-636-1067 is the number on the MGM National Harbor Lister lines. You can tweet at me as well. It's at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. It's the youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham, taking you up to 630 here on this Monday afternoon edition of Grant Dandy. The fellas taking a little vacay for President's Day. I'll roll with you till 630 tonight. Talking all things quarterback right now with the burgundy and gold. As I've mentioned at the top of the show, as I've mentioned all offseason, if you pay attention and tap into overtime, we are at the mercy of the evaluator this offseason. We don't know which way this thing could go. And there are so many different options that I'd be willing to go with that I'm not going to turn up my nose at trading up for Caleb Williams. I'm not going to turn my nose at drafting Drake May 2 overall. I'm not going to turn up my nose at trading for a veteran either. That's what we're talking about right now. The scenario of the Washington Commanders parting ways with pick number 36 to acquire Justin Fields of the Chicago Bears. And one thing when you listen to sports talk radio in Chicago, when you watch your favorite media pundits on ESPN, NFL Network, talk about this Justin Fields situation, everyone keeps talking about the idea of Chicago or any team that acquires him having to restart that quarterback clock. My thing is this, right? We read you off some of the numbers for Justin Fields to this point. 40 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. He's 10-28 and as a starter. It's been god-awful during his time in Chicago. For reasons, though, that I don't completely put on Justin. This idea that if he has one good year, he's going to demand top-of-the-market money is ludicrous. Where the hell are y'all getting this from? I don't buy that. When you look at the way he's performed up to this point, how can you how can you be willing to throw top of the quarterback, top of the market QB money at him after one good season? I don't think that'd be the case, which is why if I'm Chicago for real, for real, I'm honestly entertaining the fact or entertaining the option of keeping him. Daniel Jones is the example that someone used to me earlier, and I, I understood it. Daniel Jones is in this very similar situation that Justin Fields would be in, right? Realistically speaking, Daniel Jones had one good year under his belt on tape, and it got him the bag. Four years, $160 million. And how much was it guaranteed at signing? Was it 95 guaranteed at signing? That was off of one year of work. And it's got Daniel Jones as the 10th highest paid quarterback in football and in terms of his AAV and how much he's going to be making per year, it's also 
pretty high ranking within the National Football League. I was on the Giants, though. They were in a really crappy situation this offseason. Because I would have franchise tagged Daniel Jones. There's no way in hell I would have paid him that long-term contract. That is also the option that Washington or Chicago would have with Justin Fields. And I just look throughout the National Football League, and I look next year, your, your top QB cat pits. Number one, obviously, is Deshaun Watson with the ridiculous contract that he signed. But I look at a guy like a Jalen Hurts, who next year is going to be the 19th highest paid quarterback in football. Now, he just signed a big, big, fat new contract. So maybe that's not the example to use. Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill is an interesting case study, right? He was in a very similar situation to the one that Justin Fields was in. Think about how Tannehill's time ended in Miami. And Tennessee decides to pull the trigger. And they sign him to a four-year, $118 million deal. After one season of good play. It's about, what, $29.5 million annually? I think if Justin Fields goes out and performs up to the level that we, that we know he can, I don't think he's going to be able to garner some massive contract extension in the offseason right away. It's not the way this works. It's a negotiation for a reason. So that's one of the big reasons why people are out on Justin Fields and don't think you should get in bed with him, but the talent's too rich, man. You can't tell me you watched this kid play that Miami game back in 2022 where he breaks the NFL single-game record for rushing yards by a quarterback. That's the type of talent we're talking about. And I continue to reference the infrastructure here in Washington and why I think this would be ideal for him compared to other places across the NFL. Brian Johnson, the former Philadelphia Eagles OC, Cliff Kingsbury, Mr. Quarterback Whisperer himself, and Anthony Lynn. Those three, that trio, could do numbers for Justin Fields. So if you're a Commanders fan out there, and Ryan Poles hits up Adam Peters and says, yo, bro, you give us pick number 36, you've got Justin Fields. How'd you react? Let's go to Mike. Oh, Mike. Out in Clinton. What's going on, Mike? Hey, how's it going, man? I'm good. How you doing? How you doing? All right. I'm not sure if I would take that Justin Fields the number two pick, but I do have an option, and that's a veteran quarterback, Baker Mayfield. Baker took Cleveland to the playoffs. He took Tampa Bay to the playoffs. You're going to pay Baker yes, Mayfield $35 million, Mike? He has history with Cliff Kingsbury. I wouldn't pay him that much. I wouldn't pay him that much, and I don't think he would require that much. But there is a connection with him and Cliff Kingsbury. It's an option. Store options out there. And that's all I got for you. Appreciate the time. Mike, appreciate the call as always. Let's go to let's go to Mo. What's going on, Mo? Why do you hate the trade? Man, I hate you right now. <laughs> I hate you right now. First of all, first and foremost, that's exactly how the NFL works. You have one good year and you get the top bag as our D tackles, as Daniel Jones. As any – like, it's a quarterback, bro, so it's a, it's a different thing. He's shown flashes. If he shows consistency in one year, they're going to give him the bag, bro. And if you, and if you franchise tag, it's $40 million anyway. You understand what I'm saying? The difference between him and Jalen Hurts is, right, when Jalen Hurts had one year to prove himself and they got him weapons or whatever, i.e. Uh, DJ Moore in Chicago, they got him weapons. When they got Jalen Hurts, you know what he did? He had an MVP season. 
Correct. That's what he did. Yeah, okay. So, and that's, but, 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 Mo, that's why he got paid. He had an MVP-like right. season. Right, but with that same one year, like, oh, let's see what Justin Fields do. Listen, I, I watched NFL Network till my eyes bled in the summertime because I was excited about the Commanders. And you know what they were saying on the NFL Network? Oh, watch out. Justin Fields is a dark horse for MVP. MV me. Nothing. Nothing. That was a discussion Bro. all offseason long. Mo, you know damn well why Justin Fields Listen. is yet to succeed in Chicago. You know it's I not because he can't because he can't read a, a defense, uh, Lunell. That's why uh, be, he cannot look, read a coverage. And Mo, I hear what you're saying, but you put any young signal caller in three different offenses in his first three seasons in the NFL, and you tell me what success you expect them to have. You, I, I you, you give me Darnell Mooney as your number one wide receiver, and you you tell me what the hell I should expect. Now listen, this this is a, this is the other thing, right? You're, mm-hmm. That's a great point, but this is the other thing that I want to bring up, and I will leave you with this. To do that with Justin Fields would be repeating every bad free agent move we made. Why, if Justin Fields is so good, mm-hmm. why are they getting rid of him? Well, because Ryan Poles is an idiot. <laughs> did you, no, see, the listen, first, listen, did you see the first move no. that he made on the job? He traded pick number 32 yes. for Chase Claypool. That's all yes, you need to know watch, about Ryan watch. Poles and his football acumen. But watch, though. But watch. Uh, the Montez Sweat deal was good. Montez had seven sacks when he went there. He's going to turn up. He's going to turn up. And the reason why is because when you have good at that position, mm-hmm. and you've made this point to me several times, when you have good at the position and you have a chance to get great, you go and take the chance to get great. You understand? I hear I don't you. Want to, I don't want to watch and scrub Justin Fields from all the bad habits. I just want a young puppy that I can develop habits with. And, Mo, I appreciate the call. I hear what you're saying wholeheartedly. And I get it. You want your own You want your own thing. You don't want used goods. I get that. But with the coaching staff in place, I can for sure see them getting the most out of Justin Fields. We'll run through a couple more here while we have time. Let's go to Robert in Dallas. What's going on, Robert? Man, okay. I'm going to make this simple for everybody. <laughs> Robert, hold on, hold on. Good afternoon, brother. Oh, yeah, you're right, Linnell. How you? First of all, how you doing, brother? Happy holiday. Happy ho- Glad on. to hear you on the radio, man. Well, it's President's Day here. We're off work. <laughs> you know, we're hanging out in Texas. And uh, now I will say I've said this before, brother, I need to hear you more on the radio. I really, like the very first time I called you, we had to get a disagreement. But I'm a big fan of yours. I, I love it anytime you. I hear you on the radio, man. I appreciate it. So let, let me just break down some common sense for people. It would be organizational malfeasance if we used a number two pick on Drake freaking May. Here's why. <laughs> okay. You want to be the number two quarterback. I'm assuming you want your quarterback to be great. This dude didn't even dominate in the ACC. He wasn't even the best quarterback of the ACC. If you're going to be great, at least dominate against little boys before you come up and deal with men. He did not do it. I've watched Kato Williams do it. I've watched the kid from LSU do it. I've seen Penix. I've seen Bo Nix was terrible in the SEC, went to the Pac-10, and you know what? He became a Heisman Trophy winner. Give me something. I would much rather trade number two. That's what you're going to do is get Drake May. By the way, people, go look at the scouting reports. (laughs) Oh, excuse me. We already got Drake May. His name is Sam Powell. Same guy. So you might as well just either keep him, go get a veteran, yeah. but you do not go get a man who was the second best quarterback in the ACC conference and, and say you're going to build a team around him. Enough with the Drake May. Learn from the Jets. 
Learn from the Giants with Daniel Jones, who didn't dominate at Duke. O'Donnell didn't dominate at USC. That kid they have now didn't dominate at BYU. And you expect mm. him to come to the league? Mm. Come on, bro. Mike Harper dominated. Zion Williamson dominated. LeBron James dominated at lower levels. Shaquille O'Neal, Joe Montana, Brady in the Orange Bowl. I can go down the list. Miss me on Drake May. Wow. Please. Robert, bring it strong. I appreciate the call. Look. I'm grinding the tape on the quarterbacks. I hear what other folks say about Drake May and the other quarterback prospects. I'll just say this. It's one thing to see him at the collegiate level, but you have no clue how they translate to the next level. Top of the 5 o'clock hour coming up here on the fan. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll get a national perspective on the conversation we've had here locally. What should the Washington Commanders be doing at the quarterback position this offseason. We'll discuss that next when our pal Eric Eager joins the program. That's here on The Fan. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 